We talking rom-com, we talking action, we talking drama and movie classics. Whatever you want, yo, we have it. Cause we talking movies on a podcast. So I married a film critic. So I married a film critic. So I married a film critic. Hey honey, I just wanna so talk I about the movie like casually. Critic. You don't have to so bring up very cinematography. Honestly, let's just talk about like how the characters were fun. Married a film critic. So I married a film critic. Welcome to So I Married a Film Critic, a discussion between a professional film critic and lecturer and me, his wife of 20 years, who just likes to watch movies for fun. I'm your co-host, Julia. Hey everyone, I'm Barry, the film critic. Hello. We're going to talk tonight about one of my favorite films. This is Smoking Gun 2, starring Nick Lang as Joe Gunn. This is his return to the character. More babes, bullets, and bad guys. No one talks that way to Joe Gunn. Look who's back in town. Where there's fire, there's smoke. Where there's smoke, there's Joe Gunn. He hates bad guys. Gunn, I'm going to kill you. He loves bad girls. This time, he's tracking a killer halfway around the globe. He can't be stopped. Hang on! I'm coming! And he never quits. Joe, why don't you quit? These will kill you. You kill me, baby. I want him found. I want him stopped. I want him dead. It's great to be wanted. Nick Lang is Joe Gunn in Smoking Gun 2. I gotta say, I think the series was already starting to show its age at this point, but I mean, really, you know, it's a Nick Lang film, so you know what you're getting into, right? No. No. Is that no, not no. what we're doing? No. Oh. We're talking about 1991's The Hard Way. Oh, you remember the title? With Michael J. Fox. And as, yeah, and James Woods. Playing Nick Lang. That's right, yes. The, uh, sorry, I was naming the movie within the movie. I'm just so excited to talk about this one. Yeah, and one of the things that we were talking about before we started recording is what a forgettable title for such a fun movie. I kept forgetting. I was I was like, we just watched this movie, and then I was like, wait, the har- is, it, is it The Hard Way? Because there is a line in the film where someone says we could do it the easy way or the hard way, but like, why pull that? There's, considering how colorful the dialogue in this movie is, like, that's the one, why not just bang, bang, Nick Lang? <laughs> Called movie that. Way easier to remember. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and what's funny about this is, you know, we just recently watched The Frighteners with Michael J. Fox. Yep. And then we were talking about other Michael J. Fox films because I said, you know, I've only really seen Back to the Future. Yeah, and you, like, you're outside of Marty McFly. You, you do not know this man's like work. family ties. I oh, mean, man, you only know Alex B. Keaton and Marty <laughs> McFly. That's it. <laughs> I mean, that's pretty sad. So it's funny because you and your brother both love The Hard Way. Yeah, big fan. And I'm like, oh, yeah, we should watch that, forgetting that I've seen this movie. It happens a lot. <laughs> but thankfully, it wasn't the entire film. It wasn't like, well, we watched a film not that long ago where you, you not only remember the movie, but you remember the twist ending two minutes in. I'm like, oh, come on. Yeah. I, I only remembered... The barely, billboard. Yeah, the billboard. Yeah. Barely anything. Because the billboard in this film, which we it's a, It becomes a character in the yeah. film. Yeah. I mean, it's... Just like a massive head of Michael J. Fox, yeah. and it's over Times Square in New York. That doesn't even really look like him. 
think it looks enough like him. I, I mean, but it's well. I mean, it's Michael J. Fox in a fedora, which is not really something you ever see outside yeah. of Back to the Future too. Yeah. yeah. So when it when it opened, I'm like, oh yeah, I have seen this movie, but I didn't remember the details. I think it's been a long time. Yeah, Marty and I saw this opening day at the Wharf Cinema Center, and I I just there's there you know this is at a point. John Badham is the director, and he had previously made Bird on a Wire, which is a big hit, even though it's, I mean, that movie doesn't have an IQ in its head. That movie is so so dumb, but, like, it was a huge hit. Badham is the director of Saturday Night Fever, great film, and also War Games, another great movie. He makes these grade-A popcorn movies. He later made the Johnny Depp film, Nick of Time, which I'm very fond of. And this movie, I mean, it, it is, you know, it's a buddy cop movie, but it's about these kinds of films. Because a few years later, you'd have... Arnold Schwarzenegger in uh, Last Action Hero, and then like a decade later, you'd have Eddie Murphy and Robert De Niro in Showtime, which was supposed to be a parody of buddy cop movies. It wasn't. It was more of a problem, really. But this film is really on top of it in terms of just making fun of the tropes, making fun of the expectations, making fun of itself. I mean, this film really, it's not the player, but it goes after Hollywood. It's got some teeth on it. And we, we noticed some jokes, some, not only some of the more profane jokes, but this film goes after specific targets, including Mel Gibson, which is funny because that's the, <laughs> I mean, I'm sure it's all wink, wink, joke, joke, but like, it go, I mean, basically they're saying that Mel Gibson's butt is a better actor than he is at one point. I mean, there's, there's a joke about Scientology. It's like, man, there's, there's some good stuff in this movie. Yeah. Like it's, it's got some teeth. It's really not, for one thing, it's not a dumb buddy cop movie at all. Like it's, it's about buddy cop movies. Okay. Well, let's get into it because our movie opens up with New York City homicide detective, John Moss. Played. Played by James Woods. Mm-hmm. Yeah, great actor. And he's on the trail of a serial killer known as the Party Crasher. Let's talk about this. So this is Stephen Lang, who everybody knows by now as you either know him as the bad guy from the Avatar films, and he's very good in that. And of course, we've we've already covered it both Don't Breathe One and Two. It's funny. We haven't talked about an Orson Welles or, or or like we did one Hitchcock on this show, but like we haven't. But but no no no. We covered both of the Don't Breathe movies. Don't worry, listeners. <laughs> so that's the kind of show this is. So yeah, you know he's primarily cast as a villain. I mention this because it, I think it's worth mentioning. My father saw him on Broadway playing Dustin Hoffman's son in Death of a Salesman. Like he's a real actor and he's a great actor, but he gets cast as villains a lot. And yeah, in this film. His character is called the Party Crasher. We never know his name. And as as the as we talk about the story, we could talk about maybe who this guy is because the film gives us some vague clues. But um, a choice he makes as an actor is a strong one. In the first part of the movie, not the entire film, first part of the film, he has a Cockney accent that I mean, it's up there with Dick Van Dyke in <laughs> Mary Poppins. It is not subtle. <laughs> if I can remember it verbatim, I believe his opening lines is "Hello there, it's me." I'm about to crash another party. <laughs> and then he hangs up the phone. And it's like, okay, he's playing the Joker. All right. That's a, that's a choice. Oh, my God. And he's got bleach blonde hair. Um, he wears, I think, he, I think he's got an earring. And he's going to this club that only plays LO Cool J music, which is fine because LO Cool J is in the movie. So it, it sort of fits, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, okay. So he does, he calls 911 every time he's going to. Crash Give, a party. Crash a party. <laughs> like a good serial killer. He lets him know where he's going to strike next. Yeah, I guess he likes to have an audience, apparently. Yes. Yeah. Um, but it is just a mess. And he, but it's a really, there's a really cool chase scene. 
with James Woods like holding on to the side of oh yeah it's great a, yeah yeah no, I mean truck. this movie when this film came out and I promise we'll stick to the plot but when this film came out it, we were two two lethal weapons there had already been two lethal weapons there had been two 48 hours so the buddy cop genre it was already really tired you know and this is this is uh, we're already two diehards as well so you know the, the way these movies play out you know with the with the first act I mean the film even talks about it there's a point in the movie where Nick Legg not to get ahead but says like we're in the third act and this is what has to happen so it's kind of like a screen thing where like they're aware of what these movies are like because the film is about movie making and people who make movies so yeah like it's spectacular but it's also making fun of this sort of thing because there's this looming billboard that winds up being a part of the chase or <laughs> ruins the chase. Right. And it's the first instance where James Woods, who is full tilt here, completely intense. He's playing it completely straight, which is great because the contrast is his co-star, which we, we clearly see. Michael J. Fox is dazzling in this thing as a physical performance. Okay, but before you get to that, I have a okay. confession. Oh. I have a confession to make. Uh-oh. I kind of... I kind of think Stephen Lang is, like, attractive. Hello there. It's me, again. Well, what can I say? I'm about to crash another pot end. Crash. Me, you. Me, you. Me, you. In this movie? That's the party crasher, you insane... <laughs> Really? Yeah, in like some weird way. I was like, mm, yeah, I can kind of... kind of hot? The kinda, way he crashes those parties? I can kind of see it. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> I know. Wow. I know. Really? Yeah. I mean, he's ripped. No it, question. The dude's in great shape. He always, he's yeah. always been ripped. And maybe that's why we've covered Don't Breathe. <laughs> Is that why? Like, you know, he's blind and he uses that turkey baster in really inhumane ways. Gross. But, you know, I, I kind of want to see him that's again. Gross. <laughs> <laughs> is it sexy that you could see him but he can't see you no 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 i don't know yeah it's bizarre but i was like i don't want to find him attractive but i kind of do i know so if you it like you know it, it happens sometimes we'll whatever we'll be at an airport or wherever and sometimes you know we'll be like there's that if we saw Stephen lang at an airport would you like blush seeing him be like no oh my god it's no. the party no, i mean now he's like I mean, no. He's I, up there, but yeah. he's still ripped. I mean, the, the dude keeps himself I don't in think shape. I would recognize him in real life. That, and you know what? I think he'd take that as a compliment because yeah. he does. I really don't think yeah, I would. He's, he's a he, transformative He would actor. blend in. Yeah. 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 I mean, he but in this movie, he's, yeah. He's not blending in in this but he's, movie. But he's, he's doing it for you. Yeah. Yeah. I know. Isn't that gross? That's uh, bizarre, but uh, I like it. I like that. <laughs> yeah, let's go with this. I love this. <laughs> I told you it was gonna be be weird. You know, the Silence of the Lambs is a gross movie, but you know that that Anthony Hopkins, you know, his hair is slicked back and it's kind of handsome. I never no, thought of that before. Ew, no, no, no. <laughs> I mean, the Party Crasher character is weird. I mean, he's a weird dude, but he's fun though. So he's having a lot of fun. He is having a lot of fun. Okay, so after this whole like opening chase scene yes. where it's a little bit dark, I think it was a little too dark. Uh, no, but like it's just it's really intense. Oh yes, yeah. Oh, I see what you mean. Yeah. yeah. 
Um, we go to Beverly Hills, California. Well, we get the Smoking Gun 2 trailer. Oh, right. Which, by the way, I want to see that now. <laughs> that looks great. I know. Because Indiana Jones, you know, is... But Indiana Jones 5 is out. Right now. Yeah, right yes. now. Yeah. And so this is um, like an Indiana Jones kind James of Bond. Rip-off. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Where um, Michael it, J. Fox yeah. as Nick Lane has the hat. Nick and, Lane, yeah. Yeah, and the, the damsel in distress, he's going to save her. You know, it's funny because this trailer looked really jokey-jokey, ha-ha, in 1991. But I'll tell you what, after three The Mummy movies with Brendan Fraser, <laughs> there's nothing. Like, yeah, this could play in theaters right now and nobody would be like, oh, that looks silly. No, people would be lining up right now for this. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um so we then we meet Michael J. Fox's Nick Lang, Lang, Nick Lang, Lang. Nick Lang, bang bang, Nick Lang, <laughs> tongue twister. Um, he's just walking around his huge mansion in Beverly Hills. There are babes everywhere. His I, his agent is played by Penny Marshall, who's yeah. wonderful in her one I mean, scene. I mean, what he's got like video arcade. Oh, it's he's great. Got, well, he's a child. He's a he's a man child. He's got posters of just like women's bodies on his wall yeah and he's got women all so it's a little gratuitous it is like a little. uh you, you're good man you got it yeah uh but he's really upset because he <laughs> wants to be taken seriously he wants it yeah this is the final straw you know i want to i want to be in a gritty film and he sees <laughs> he sees john moss james woods on tv and he's like that's the guy that's the guy i want to be in my next movie and let me say, because, by the way, I, I suspect my dear friend Aaron Medeiros is a wonderful film critic on the island of Maui. I suspect Aaron is listening to this, so Aaron, this is for you. Um, this is very autobiographical, weirdly enough. Michael J. Fox was everything that Penny Marshall says. At one point, she's like, your, your box office is over a billion dollars. That's true. Mm-hmm. Because of Back to the Future, Secret of My Success, and Teen Wolf, Michael J. Fox was a big star. Seven million a movie? I think that's about right. I think that's what he was getting at some point. So he really was on that status. But indeed, Fox wanted to do dramas. He, and this is 1991. He had done three dramas, and they all tanked. He had done this film called Light of Day, which is a really great rock drama, Paul Schrader film. He had done a movie where he's a coke addict. It's called Bright Lights, Big City. It's a good film. Not great, but it's good. And he's excellent in that. And then he did, of course, Casualties of War. Excellent film. uh, De Palma movie. And he's terrific in that. But all three movies were dark. Audiences were really confused. And unlike some actors like, say, Michael Keaton or Jim Carrey, who can go back and forth, the audiences did not know what to make of the serious Michael J. Fox, and he stopped making those films, unfortunately. But he did take that chance. In between the Back to the Futures, he was doing these really dark, gritty dramas. So it's interesting that I mean, I don't, I, I don't know enough about about the backstory of this film, but unquestionably. There's a lot of Nick Lang and Michael J. Fox because he was, you know, this affable, lovable movie star who everybody loved, everybody recognized, certainly from television, if, if nothing else. And there's a anyway, the, the character is very close to Fox in some ways, but Fox is also making fun of every pretentious, obnoxious movie star who's completely out of touch with reality. Yeah. Well, I can appreciate somebody like him wanting to do more gritty films in real life. Yeah. But also if if people don't want to see you in that, like yeah, and the movie addresses yeah. that too. It's a you know it's it's a problem because. 
Michael J. Fox, like Nick Lang, is above all, he's an actor and he wants to be taken seriously. And the thing is, you know, if you reach that level of success, it is like, I want to pe- I want to, you know, prove that I that I'm worth all of these accolades, all these awards. And, you know, he's feeling that insecurity as an artist. And I mean, it's funny that it winds up being, you know, he wants his insecurities and his need to prove that he's authentic is being directed towards James Wood's character who does not care. I know. So he wants to go undercover in John Moss's police department as his partner. Yeah, it's funny because this is this is you know New York in the early nineties. This was not this is before the Giuliani cleanup. This is when New York was still pretty scuzzy and dangerous. And I gotta say, I, I kind of missed those years because it was kind of fun that way. Um so yeah, it's a it's it's a fun contrast because again James Woods is playing it very straight and it's established because even the, the Hollywood scenes just have a different feel from the rest of the movie. The New York scenes are, you know, they're very gritty and, and edgy. So the fact that Fox is playing it so, you know, he's playing this character is completely ridiculous. So it's a, you know, it's a fun Mutt and Jeff contrast. It's a really good comedy pairing. Okay. So Moss is furious with his captain, Bricks. Played by the wonderful Delroy Lindo. I love, I love this, this guy. This actor is the yeah. best. He's I love always him. good. He's, yeah, kills it every time. He had, uh, uh, let's see, Crooklyn um, and what else? Malcolm X within the next couple of years. And yeah, Delroy Lindo is just, yeah, you, you can't find a bad performance on his rap sheet. So he tells Moss, like, you're off the party crasher case. You're taking two weeks. You're babysitting Nick Lang and you're going to show him the ropes and you better not get him in yeah, no any action. trouble. Yeah. yeah. And he's like, his alias is Ray Casanova. Casanova with a V, yeah. <laughs> and um, so he just wants Moss to basically like give him like a two-week ride-along. Exactly. Just babysit you know? him. Oh, okay. So what's hilarious about this scene is that when Moss finally meets Nick Lang, he's got like a hat and a fake mustache. <laughs> and he comes up to him and just like rips that mustache right off. Yeah. And I love what I love about James Wood's performance is never once does he break for this guy. Yeah. Like never once does he change who he is at all. It's a great point because a lot of buddy cop movies, it's all about how will they become friends at the end of the film. The movie doesn't give us that. No. He's, you know, there's a grudging respect between the two of them. But at the end of the film, he still finds Nick Lang so annoying, which is perfect. Yeah. 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 He always finds him annoying and he's always like... He, he'll turn on the TV. There's the trailer for his movie. He opens a up a voice. magazine. Yeah. There he is. A, a bus will just like drive by with Nick Lane's photo. It's like he cannot get rid of this guy. Yeah. So he goes back. Um, it's like the same moment after he rips off the mustache. He goes back to his boss and he's like, he wants a gun. Like, No. And so he's like, you tell him to get in here. And so finally Nick Lane comes in and the <laughs> even the captain gets completely starstruck yeah he can't tell him he he doesn't say anything about the gun he's just like my wife loves you will you sign will you sign this for her and that's when he's like he writes bang bang nick lane yeah i don't know how many times michael j fox has signed that but god bless him if he has because that is oh, oh that's you so think great. people like went up to him years later and had him sign that if I ever had the chance to meet Michael J. Fox, I would even say that to him. Yes, absolutely. You would? Oh, how cool is that? That yeah. would be the thing you would say? Bang, bang. Yes. What am I say? Like, let's go back to the future, Marty. No. <laughs> no. Nick Lang. Smoking gun too, man. 
Yeah. No, I think I would have, I think I'd want like, you know, Marty McFly. Would you start to sing the theme song to Family Ties? No. I don't even know the theme song. What would we do, baby, with our love? Oh, wow. Yeah, it's pretty, it's not one of the great 80s theme songs. No. It's not like the facts of life. No, No. that's a banger right there. There you go. That that's the one that's stuck in my brain. Oh, yeah. Um, no, yeah, I think I'd want like a Marty McFly signature, for sure. What's a Marty McFly signature? Like him signing it as Marty McFly. Dear Julia, <laughs> I wish I could take you to the Enchanted Under the Sea dance. Yeah. Love Marty. Yes. Oh man, amazing. you'd frame that, wouldn't you? That would be amazing. I'd be like, oh, jeez, <laughs> want my Nick Lang signature. <laughs> oh yes. If I could have an enchantment under the sea poster and then he signed that, then I would let you frame that and then we could hang it up. Oh, that's cute. Yeah. I would settle for Teen Wolf, him all wolfed out, signed, Dear Barry, have a howl of a good time, love Scott Howard. Oh my God. Yeah. There's no way I'm hanging up a Teen Wolf poster. But enchanted enchantment under the sea dance? Yes. Sure. Okay. You make that happen. I'll I'll do it. Okay. I'll work on that. So... All right, so Moss, <laughs> he now has to deal with Nick Lang, and he's just like, "I'm going, I'm going after the party crasher. I don't care what my captain says. I'm right. doing it. Yes. I have a job to do." And by the way, listeners, I want to be very clear about this. When one of the reasons when Ju- Julie and I, we've talked about this, I think even on the air, I don't like to do a lot of comedies because. It ultimately becomes a quote fest, and I just don't like that for a variety of reasons, and I don't want you to have to listen to that. This is tough because this movie is so quotable, but the best stuff we cannot say. Um, This is an R-rated film, and James Woods has so many funny, so many many great one-liners, and we just cannot say them on this podcast. So see the film. I feel bad about that. Don't feel bad about that. And plus, you (laughs) you don't want me saying those things, especially with a little girl, you know, in the vicinity of our podcast. Okay. Okay. So he takes him to this like really bad part of town because he's going to go see um, the dead Romeos to get information. Does he take him to a frog dog first, though? No, that's after. That's afterwards? Yeah. Okay. Okay, I'm jumping to frog dog. Yeah. So because he basically finds out that... um, Party Crasher has like a specific gun that's been made, and so he thinks the dead Romeos can get get him a, like a contact. And the dead Romeos, it's like the Lost Boys as a street gang. Okay, but before he even gets into the their apartment, mm-hmm. he's like, "You have to stay down here." So Nick Lang is like in New York City, like in the ghetto, basically, and he's like, "Wow, it's so realistic. It's so terrible." Yeah, and he's got his tape recorder and he's, you know, he's pretending pontificating to like shoot a film and does not realize that he is in imminent danger. Yeah, terrible danger. Yeah, because another like rival gang comes down the street and like starts shooting at him. It's peculiar because it's, it's an Asian gang and they start shooting at him. Like, I don't know about that, but all right, movie. Yeah, so this, uh, yeah, so there's a shoot up and the gang rides away. And then meanwhile, we get upstairs with, with uh, Nick Moss. Nick Moss. John Moss, sorry. Yeah. Sorry, James Woods. And he's uh, he's interrogating, to put him nicely, he's interrogating the dead Romeos. I like this touch because it's a Popeye Doyle touch. Um, Moss is not a nice guy. 
And clearly, as a cop, he doesn't always play by the rules. And what he's doing yeah, he is takes not a baseball bat. Takes a base, yeah, I mean, it's it's very. I mean, it's it's a uh, it's it's a little lean on me. It's it's very like you know this this is not what a good cop would do. There's something he's not a dirty cop, but he's not a particularly ethical one. And I like I honestly I like that as a character choice. I, I would say even like Riggs and Murtaugh for all the destruction they do, they're the good guys. I don't know about Moss, and you I don't like think Moss is a good guy. Not really. He's got a terrible temper. He's extremely impulsive. I mean, if I had to choose between Martin Riggs or John Moss, I think I'd go with Riggs. Okay, well... Because it's Mel Gibson with his mullet. Come on. Well, yeah. I, you. Okay, there's no comparison there because, yeah. All right. But anyways, I think the only... I mean, yeah, he has a terrible temper, but this like shakedown with the dead Romeos is kind of... You know, he's like has a baseball bat and he's kind of like threatening them, but he doesn't hurt anybody. I think. I mean, I'm not saying this is like a good way for a cop to be, but I'm I'm saying there are way better examples of dirty cops. Okay. Yeah, I'm saying on the dirty cop on the dirty cop scale, I'm like this is pretty minor. He's not Nicolas Cage and Bad Lieutenant. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I think he knows that, like, if he because he's like. If we don't get this guy, he's just going to keep calling us and we're going to just have to keep witnessing people being murdered. Yeah. You know? So it's like he he's on a mission to like beat him to the next phone call. Yes. He does break their TV though because Nick Lang is on it. Oh. <laughs> so that TV's got to go. <laughs> yeah. That is really funny. Um Okay, so yeah, Nick kind of gets caught up in like a gang shootout and um, (laughs) Moss is like, you were never here. I can't have your first day on the job be a gang shootout. Like my boss is going to kill me. Um, So then this is where they get a frog dog. Yes. What's a frog dog? Frog dog, as the film shows you, is this really sleazy, highly unsanitary little push cart hot dog stand in the middle of the ghetto. Where a man makes a hot dog and covers it with French fries, saturates it with mustard and ketchup. Mm-hmm. So it's like instead of eating all of this separately, you're a cop on the go. You eat it all in a single bite. <laughs> I don't know. I love how Nick Lang is like, do you eat these all the time? Like, I could really, I could get you in touch with my nutritionist. He's <laughs> like, be good to your bowels and your bowels will be good to <laughs> <Yes>. you. <laughs> I'm like, you know, that's actually like advice for the ages. Okay, I love this bit where um, Nick Lang tells John, so I'm going to stay at your place. <laughs> and he's like, what? You're not staying at my apartment, but he like takes him to his apartment and he actually has a pretty nice place. He does, he does. But at this point, Moss is already just furious because Nick is is copying all of his moves. Oh yes. he's constantly shadowing him, even after he has his like, just stop to, doing that. <laughs> yeah, to, to the most minute detail. Oh, okay. So when they're before we get to their apartment, like this is the part where the big speech. Yeah, he does give a big speech, and I love it because. And I'll just do a little. I'll just. I'll do it, please. Recite it. No, it's. I'm not going to embrace recite. your inner James Woods. <laughs> get really angry. But so John is like, it's not like the movies. They get 17 takes to get it right. We get one take. It lasts our whole lives. We mess it up and we're dead. And then you expect Nick Lang to just kind of be like, oh wow, that's really deep. No, instead he's just like, oh man, that was awesome. Can you like? 
wants to record it. Hey, can you do it again? He gets his recorder out, and I think <laughs> I think John just like throws. He takes it. it. Yeah, takes it and tosses it. Yeah. yeah. So it's like I love the contrast <laughs> of James Woods just being like freaking ticked the entire time. Yeah, it's great. And Michael J. Fox is just like a ten-year-old boy. Yes. I mean, that's their dynamic. You know, the film is like Beverly Hills Cop in reverse, because Beverly Hills Cop was about a tough Detroit cop who lives in a white-collar world. He goes to Beverly Hills and has to deal with the Hollywood nonsense of Beverly Hills. This is about a Beverly Hills infant who's used to the you know the rich and glamorous life who has to go to New York and deal with the fact that you know this is this is a gritty street mentality and and uh, rules that just don't apply to him. So yeah, it's, it, it's kind of like a reverse of Beverly Hills Cop in a sense. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. Now we know that we know that James Woods has. A sort of girlfriend. He's trying to get this relationship started, and she digs him. Yeah, she Annabella, really digs him. Annabella Sciorra, yeah. wonderful, wonderful actress. I love Annabella Sciorra. Yeah, yeah, very she, natural. It's Annabella Sciorra of Jungle Fever and The Hand That Rocks the Cradle. Yeah. And and she, I don't know. And her daughter is played by a very young Christina Ricci. And I, I kind of don't know why she likes him in this movie because she sees him completely <laughs> fly off the handle. <laughs> Like the worst temper of all time. But it's a follow-up date. So parent, I mean, she says things about like he was very generous and like, okay, like that that first or two dates, whatever it was that they went on, apparently went, went really well. Right. Apparently he really, you know, it, he made an impression, even though, as she says, he's not opening up to her, it, you know. Yeah. She's like, you, you need to start talking about yourself a little bit. Like I yeah. have no idea who you are. Yeah, but yeah. so far so good. But she had, you know, other than when she sees him in the station at this point, she's not seen what a violent copy is. Right, right. At any given moment, <laughs> all the time, all day long. Yeah. Okay, so James Woods is like, I have this date tonight, and Nick Lang, you cannot come. And so Nick Lang crashes his date. Yeah. I mean. Well, I love the way they introduce it because the daughter, Christina Ricci, is asking James Woods, like, tell us something you love, something you hate. And he's going, something you hate, something I hate. When you hear Michael J. Fox go, John? <laughs> <laughs> well, what is also hilarious is that um, nobody knows that, like, he's pretending to be Ray, the partner. Yes. He, yeah. And everyone's like, you look like yeah, you look Nick like Lang, Nick only Lang. shorter. Yeah. yeah, only shorter, which is hilarious. Or again, another another shout out to Bird in the Wire when Christina Ricci is like, I like Mel Gibson. Yeah. And John Moss like, I love, love him. Love Mel Gibson. Yeah. Well, what's funny is um, you and I are like, you're the same height as James Woods. Yeah. I'm like one inch taller than Michael J. Fox. Oh, well, that's why we're the perfect comedy team. Yeah, there you it's go. It's all about size. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I, th this is such a funny contrast because, I mean, James Woods is known for a lot of stuff now, but at this point, I mean, he was an MVP for any movie. Although, I'll say quickly, it, it's an interesting thing because he has nothing but nice things to say about Michael J. Fox. He's had He said so many things about how much he loves him. And then a later co-star, Dolly Parton. However, these movies, he's never spoken about the film specifically. And I suspect he's not crazy about them. This was a period where he wanted to do tougher, grittier stuff, and he was doing a lot of commercial Hollywood stuff. The downfall, probably. He's in a Dolly Parton movie called Straight Talk. Mm. I've only seen it once. I vaguely remember it. But 
he apparently his agent was making him do these Hollywood movies, and he wanted to do uh, Reservoir Dogs, which he was offered. But apparently, the agent's like, no, no, I'm not even going to show you this script. So he fired his agent, and it was a Stallone movie called The Specialist, which he stole. That was the film that kind of put him back um, where he wanted to be, which was doing commercial films, but primarily indies. Um, do you remember him in The Virgin Suicides? He plays the father of the girls, the Lisbon girls, oh. and he is incredible in that film. That's a great performance, and it, you know, and he's in Casino with Sharon Stone and, and De Niro. Like, anyway, this this movie, like, on the one hand, I love him in this movie, and the one of one of the things that's so fun about it is like he is all the intensity, all of this, the electric charge you get off this guy in really dark, gritty dramas is present in this performance, which is a real gift. Mm-hmm. So it's not a self-parody performance. He's It's kind of like De Niro in Midnight Run. He's just, you know, he's putting his energy into a role that's that's comical, and he's really not even trying to be funny. He just is funny. Yeah, exactly. Whereas well, Fox is like all over, like, you know, Fox is like, it's a great physical and, and verbal performance from him, com- comically speaking. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so they've gone on their date. Um, I don't know, at one point, um, Nick Lang wakes up and he's like handcuffed to the bed and it's like Moss is just like I I don't want to deal with this guy you're staying home <laughs> well do we want to I'm sorry do we want to jump over the scene where we see the party crasher because we, we've been without Stephen Lang for a while oh yeah this is where we see him in his apartment which is far more impressive than John's yes I think he's a video game programmer oh you think because like he creates this video game likeness of himself and this is 1991. This is really impressive for 91. Like this would be like a like a high end Sega game. It's really good looking. Do you think that like Speed got the idea for their villain from this from this villain? <laughs> Speed stole from the hard way. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, because maybe. he's like watching. You know, he's watching the news. He's watching Moss and being interviewed by cops, like by the news. I mean, and he it's like really like charging him up. Maybe. You know? Yeah. I don't know. I, I don't know. <laughs> I, I, it's hard to say how much influence this movie had. <laughs> but yeah. Everyone knows about the hard Oh, you all know the hard way. But yeah, Lang, uh, you know, Lang at this point, he's still, he's still got that Cockney accent, which does disappear at some point. And, I've, and I really don't know if it's a choice, if it was a deliberate choice, if it's like, you know, he's kind of like the Joker. No one quite knows what his background is and his story keeps changing and, you know, the way he talks keeps changing. Or if it was simply a matter of like, uh, Stephen, you know, that accent, we got to lose it by the second act because uh, it's not really <laughs> – <laughs> the test audience is kind of laughing. I don't know. But I look at his apartment. I wonder like, is he – yeah, is he a video game programmer? Is he like – like what is – who is this guy? Mm-hmm. Because even the credits, they list him as the party crasher, we, you know – I suspect Lang being the great actor that he is. He really is. I'll bet he has a total backstory for this character that we'll never know. But this is the scene where he's watching James Woods on the TV. And he's mimicking what James Woods is saying. And of course, John Badham to really hammer home the point that this character is crazy. We have him going over again. Me to you. Me to you. Me to you. (laughs) And then he punches the TV screen and screams out in pain. And then a really weird dissolve. It goes from that to Michael J. Fox singing Big Girls Don't Cry on his date with with James Woods and Annabella Shore. <laughs> yes. Yeah. 
And then there's the scene where Louis Black is one of the three guys, the businessmen who come in and they crash the date. They're being inappropriate. So John Moss, you know. Oh, he flies off the handle. Yeah. And yeah. Beats him and up and arrests out. them. Yeah. 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 And it's the first time that Annabella Shiora, the first time she's having second thoughts about this guy. Yeah. yeah. Because she does ask Nick Lang to go out to lunch with her. Right. That's the following scene where he yeah. wakes up handcuffed to the bed and she calls and she wants to, yeah, she yeah. wants to see him alone. Yeah. Because yeah. she's like, I need some advice, like how to talk to this guy. Yeah. And I think Nick thinks, oh, she's kind of into me, but she kind of tells him later on like, oh no, no, I'm not into you. I, honestly, I'm a little confused by this and because maybe she's just speaking jokingly, but she does say like, I want to sleep with you. Remember? Like she does. No, she wants to sleep with John. Right. But he does make that I don't know, the way she says it, I feel like it's open-ended enough that we understand his mistake. Whose mistake? Nick Lang's mistake. Oh. That he that he thinks like she's hitting on him. Oh, I see. But no, I think she's pretty clear. She wants to see. You think it's clear? Okay, yeah. I, I didn't. Yeah. yeah I was a little yeah, confused. Like, I, mean, I, like Nick Lang, was confused. <laughs> yeah, you're like, Annabella Shore wants to sleep with me? Okay. <laughs> When is this going to happen? <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> All right. So we're, I'm, I don't, I'm not quite sure if we're skipping anything like important. Well, so. I, well at this point, yeah, cause this is the subway scene. This is the point where a fight breaks out in the subway and John's girlfriend says, you got to break it up. And, and Nick is like, this is not in my jurisdiction. Oh, like, Susan. Susan. Thank you, Susan. Of course, Susan. Oh yeah. Because. Yeah, she thinks he's a cop, obviously, and they're like on their lunch date. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and <laughs> yeah. So every, of course, it's a, it's a New York joke, and it's a good one. Everybody on the subway is packing heat. Everybody yes. has guns. They're, it's a big Mexican standoff with everybody. I'm oh, sorry. Now it'd just be a standoff. Sorry. <laughs> and so the 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 standoff extends into the subway, and it's a chase between three guys who are packing heat and firing away, and. And Nick says, like, don't make me use this. And he's got this little rubber gun that yeah, makes a squeaky sound when he pulls right. the trigger, which is yeah. great. I know. And so then John ends up saving the day. He shows up yeah. and yeah, does a dirty Harry. Yeah. And yeah. He, yeah. So that. Stares him down. He's awesome. And did you notice the psych eggs? I love this. When Michael J. Fox as Nick Lang is hiding behind the newspaper stand, not only is, of course, there's the prominent premier magazine that has him yes, on it. there's all these magazines about... They're all about him. Paternity tests. From, from here to paternity. And yeah, like all the, like all, all the magazine covers are about Nick Lang, which yes. is great. Okay, so I want to jump to the night that... Um, John and Nick go to an old warehouse with a lead on the party crasher. And he gives Nick his own gun. Oh, well, do we want to jump over the this one of my favorite scenes of the film? Oh. Where they're alone in a bar together. Okay. This is right after this. Okay, you can... Because John, on the one hand, doesn't want Nick's advice about how to be a good boyfriend. But Nick provides it for him. Yes. In character as Susan. Oh, yes. This is hilarious. He won't talk to him unless... <laughs> John he calls, calls him Susan. Susan. <laughs> I can help you, John. I'm serious. I got it. Pretend I'm Susan. What? Come on, go with me, John. This is what I do. I mean, I spend half my life pretending I'm other people. Now, if you lay your hair down and loosen up a little bit, you might learn something, okay? Now, I'm Susan. You're John. No, you're sick and I'm thirsty. Yeah, thanks very much. Okay, listen, maybe I can get us started here. Ha 
あああああああああああああああああああああああああああああああああああああああああああああああああああああああああああああああああああああ You treat me like I'm some sort of princess that you can't even touch. Well, maybe I want to be touched, John. Hey, hey. Maybe I want to be manhandled. <laughs> this is really crazy. Don't do this to me, John. Okay? Other men have no problem talking to me. What other men? What? I, what? 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 Can I get a Dubonet, please? What? With a twist? What other men? Is she seeing other men? Huh? Now he wants to talk. No, listen, Lang. Is... Lang. Susan. Lang. Susan. Whoever. Is she seeing? Susan. Is she seeing other men? Just. <sighs> Frankie. Alphonse? Hmm? Mr. Tiber? Come on. Who? Come on. Susan. Yes, John. I don't know. I mean, look, we, there's been variations on this scene before, in、She's、a sense. Like, yes, John. It's like it's almost like a parody of the Cyrano scene between the three of them. But like, Fox is so freaking funny in this scene, and the way James Woods is playing off of him, it does look like they're about to break in a couple moments.、Um, Yeah, I love this scene. Yeah, no, that is that is really funny. Yeah, so, yeah. and you know what? This movie is so pedal to the metal from from the beginning to end. This is the only slow scene in this movie,、mm. and I don't mind it because it's a really funny character beat between the two of them. Yeah, it is really funny, and it's also funny because Nick Lang thinks he's that good an actor that he could transform <laughs> into a woman in a bar and convince John, like you know, like this is what it's like. To, you know, so it's it's funny because it's almost making fun of this convention. Yeah. Okay, so now can I go to this yeah, warehouse、sorry. part? Yes, okay, yes. all right. So John and Nick are at this warehouse, and he gives Nick a gun and tells him, like, you need to like be able to protect yourself because I don't know who's gonna be stay in the car. Yeah, yeah. stay in the car. But then he doesn't stay in the car, and he goes into this warehouse, and he sees like. Running and、um, John is just like, "Oh, watch out, Nick!" You know, and so he ends up shooting a guy and killing yeah, and him. And it's not the party crasher; it's a stranger. It's a stranger, yeah. And so, because earlier Nick had asked him, like, "What's it like to kill somebody?" And that's you know when John kind of gives him a speech of like, "I can't tell you what it's like.、Yeah. You know, you have to feel it yourself." Yeah. So now Nick knows, and he's horrified. Yeah. And the film becomes very dark and serious. It, yeah, it gets super dark, and he's like, "You know what? I'm gonna take the heat on this. You were never here. You can go back to Hollywood." And he's like, "Oh my gosh, you do that for me?" And he's like, "Yeah." And he's like, "You know, if you need money for anything, he's like, 'No, no. Like, we we're just never.'" Talk to me again. Never concept. Yeah, the, yeah. Now we're quickly jumping to the airport. And we're going. Oh wow, that's that's a really surprising dark twist that this film just took. Yeah, like he's like, like you, the film just got really serious. It feels like it's about to wrap up. Yeah, yeah. So he, he、um, somehow he doesn't get on the plane. 
He has the change of heart and decides yeah. he has to go back to New York and make a confession. Basically yeah. confess to what happens. He's that racked with guilt. Yeah, so he goes back to the police station and this is when he sees the guy he killed alive talking to he's all on the, the other force. cops. Yeah. yeah, he's a cop. And they're basically making fun of Nick. They're recounting the event from his point of view, how ridiculous it was. Like, John was giving this amazing performance and he's like, kid, go back to Hollywood. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And... John did all of this because he can't stand Nick Lang so much. He just wanted to get rid of him. Yeah, he was wanting to. And give him major trauma. Right. <laughs> I hate you so much. I'm going to give you a traumatic event and I'm going to send you packing. Like, okay. Yeah, that's pretty. That's... It's dark, but it's funny that he would go to those lengths to get rid of him. <laughs> I mean, okay, now that we're talking about, if we go back to that dirty cop conversation we were having, yeah. I feel like this is pretty low. Oh, it's awful. Like, to do this to somebody. But Make again, you like, think they, like, murdered somebody? I think, you know, again, like, I like, you know, I like, certainly like James Woods. The character is fascinating, but, like, is John Moss a really likable character? Not really. I feel like he's dark. He's dark like Dirty Harry is dark. I feel like it's that kind of dynamic. Yeah. You know? Huh? But that's what Nick was drawn to, though. Yeah. You know, as Nick is like, oh, man, if I could just, like, embody this guy, I could win an Oscar. Right. And one of the mistakes that Lang makes immediately is that, you know, he has that line, like, you know, a lot of people would be happy to have Nick Lang stay at their house. (laughs) You know, and he's like, well, where can I drive you to? You know? (laughs) Yeah. Pick a house. I'll take you there. (laughs) And I think one of the funniest throwaway lines in the movie, because the the camera isn't on them. It's on the billboard. There's the bit where uh, earlier in the film where they're looking out the window of the billboard and, and Nick goes, look, my billboard. And John's like, yeah, you could sleep next to the one you love. <laughs> love that so much. Yeah. So so now he now he's no, now Nick is angry at John because he realized he's been had as yeah. big con. And yeah. so he's off to, t- to find him. But John is pursuing the party crasher again. And he's in a movie theater. So this is like... The chase at least to the movie theater. Yeah. 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 This is a great bit. And I got to say, seeing this on the big screen was fun. The whole bit where he jumps on the screen and, and rips the screen down. Like, yeah, yeah, Michael J. Fox is jumping on the screen while he's on the screen. It's, it's like a movie it's within a movie within a movie. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. I like this. Yeah. So um, the shootout takes place and uh, Moss does wound the party crasher, yeah. but he manages to escape. Yes. From the ambulance, which is like, how? What? How do you do that? You've, you saw how ripped this guy is, okay? He probably just like flexes and just <laughs> oh, pushes the bullet right out. He's just that tough, okay? <laughs> like the Incredible Hulk? Yeah. He's the party crasher. <laughs> crash, crash, crash. Oh my gosh. So, um... So Nick gets in the car that he's about to leave, which is uh, yeah, which is a police car. Oh yeah, and the party crasher Crashers, yeah, is in. Tries to car. basically you know take control of the situation, and Nick is both angry and he's whatever, full of <laughs> full belief that he's a cop now. So he immediately speeds, goes to ridiculous yeah, just like crashes through everything, and the car goes flying through the air, and uh, yeah, so yeah, Nick is injured, and the party crasher is on the loose. Yeah. All right, so now we, we're back to Susan, who comes over to see John, and she's like, I just can't date you anymore. And, <laughs> you know, it's not you, it's your job. Yeah. And it's like, oh. You know, and then, I don't know, John really, like, takes it personally. He's like, yeah, great. You know, like, nobody wants to be with a cop until you just, like, need a cop to come save your life. Yeah. You know? I want... This, I, 
I'm looking at this thinking this this is a character choice. Is this something that he said to his wife? It's established that he used to be married. So I wonder if this is a familiar conversation for him. Oh, oh, the character or James Woods? John Moss. Oh, 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 okay. <laughs> John I was Moss. like, wow, that's okay. <laughs> no, no. Yeah, I, I think I think that's what he's playing here. Just like, oh, yeah, I've, I've heard this before. I've had this conversation before. Yeah. Because he barely even fights her. It's like, oh, yeah, 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 I've heard that before. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, so she leaves and it's very much like, okay, that's that's it for that. Yeah. She gets in the elevator and the party crashes in the elevator. The party crasher is there. And oh, she- man, Stephen Lang does that thing where he he uh, like turns his head and looks at her right before the doors close. Now, if Stephen Lang did that, would you swoon? <laughs> like, ooh. Not if he was like the party crasher, Stephen Hold your Lang. Lang. <laughs> I'm about to crash another party. <laughs> I'm going to take you as my hostage. <laughs> Crash, crash, crash. Oh my gosh. No, honestly, like being in an elevator, like with a stranger. Stephen Lang? Is scary. Oh, come on. It's scary come on. enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But this is this is your fantasy, though, being, a la- being, <laughs> being in an elevator with Stephen Lang. You know, I really, I liked Don't Breathe Too. Okay, I don't care what the critics said, I don't care what my husband says. I'm not really married. How about you, Stephen Lang? Wait, is he married? Let's check. Just kidding. Let's look it up. <laughs> no, he's like so old. Oh, come on. I mean. Oh, that never stopped anyone. Like back in the 90s, like, you know who I really have a crush on? Sean Connery when he was like, well, I'm okay. 80 years old. Like, no, he's no Sean Connery. Let's no. be real. Um, Yeah. Oh, no, he's 1952. Younger. I mean, he's like three years older than my dad. Ooh. <laughs> Oh come on, have you have you seen? I mean, like he's in a muscle tee for all three hours of those Avatar movies. Well, yeah, which I've never seen. Well, he's the bad guy in that. Yeah, I've never seen. I don't know if that'll Avatar. I don't think that would sway you. I mean, I think you'd be like, "Ooh, <laughs> Stephen Lang." <laughs> Let's watch that after this. Just kidding. <laughs> Let's watch them both back to back. Only seven hours of our lives. Oh my god. Yeah. All right. So so yeah. Nick comes to see John in his apartment. And he's surprised to see him. And this is where, yeah, it's a great and meta he's like, moment. He's like, this is the third act where they boil a rabbit. Yeah, yeah, boil a rabbit. But he's like, didn't you just see Susan? He's like, no, I didn't just see Susan. So now John's spidey senses are tingling and he knows she's in trouble. Yeah. And so he's Part like. says, I'm on top of the world with Nick Lang. They know it's the, it's the billboard. Oh, yeah. Because he, of course, calls 911 to tell them yeah. Yeah, where he is. Um, all right. So Nick. Basically, John goes up to the billboard, mm-hmm. and then Nick. I mean, they're all like crawling around on this massive fedora. It's meant to be like a throwback to the ending of North by Northwest, the big uh, Mount Rushmore battle that you know it becomes like them hanging on for dear life off this off this thing, and it's pretty impressive because. There's a few shots, you know, with James Woods and Michael J. Fox, who clearly they're in front of a green screen, or it's, you know, or they're they're on a billboard that's safely on the ground, and they're just filming it to make it look like it's treacherous. But the stunts, when you've got these stuntmen that are dangling off the edge of the fedora, you know, with Times Square below them, that that's amazing stuff. That's real. Yeah, and Susan hanging onto the cigarette. The cigarette. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, oh my gosh. yeah. The stunt work in this is 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 out of sight. It's great, and I like the fight scene between between Michael J. Fox and Stephen Lang. Yeah, we... like, I hate your movies. <laughs> and by the way, at this point, accent gone, completely gone. <laughs> well, and it's like okay, Stephen Lang versus Michael J. Fox, like 
I feel like Stephen Lang could just like flick him and he'd like fly off of there. Yeah, and, and to the film's credit, they they address that because Stephen Lang jumps into his his faux karate moves that he clearly has been using for his cheese ball movies. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so he doesn't really know how to fight? No, not really. Oh. I mean, he gets a few shots in. No, when when it become when it gets down to James Woods and Stephen Lang, that's when it becomes a full on brawl. But for a yeah. while, it's like yeah, it's no, it's not much of a fight when it's the two of them. That's true. When it's him and Fox, rather. All right, so let's see. Uh, Nick gets shot. He does. Mm-hmm. And Stephen Lang falls off. Well, James Woods tosses him off that building. Yeah, yeah. it's quite the flight down. Yeah, we see it from all sorts of angles. It's great, and he goes smashing into a to a little glass case down below. It's oh, great. Oh yeah, that that was yeah. great. Oh, it's great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then, um, so Nick gets to feel like what it's like to murder somebody to get shot yeah. i mean he's getting the full cop experience hasn't even been two weeks yes <laughs> and by the way where is susan at this point um so he nick had like pulled her up with a rope or something but it, but it looks like she's like inside the palm of the hand like did he leave her there where is she oh <laughs> <laughs> she's just like um guys I know you're having a moment, but I'm kind of dangling five stories up. I think it's more like 25 stories up. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. All right. But everybody gets down safely, except for the party crasher. He crashes, literally. He does. And by the way, isn't that an interesting contrast that the party crasher needs an audience and so does Nick Lang? Oh. So I think they're making a statement there about, you know, this is, there's a very thin line between being an artist and madness. <laughs> yeah. There there you go. Yeah. That's true. So Moss and Susan are at the movies with all their fellow officers watching Nick's latest movie called The Good, The Badge, and The Ugly. Oh, man. That's such an awful title. You know that like, yeah, that sounds... Totally plausible, and it's it's a funny it's a funny uh, cut because it's James Wood standing over Michael J. Fox. Fox is like, "I'm getting cold," and "Oh, this is too real." And and James was like, "Now you know, you know, it, you know, it's, it's no cuts, no, you know." And then they cut to the movie where you see Michael J. Fox basically stealing all stealing of stuff. all of the lines. The one that I said earlier, where he's like, "You know, it's our whole lives. Like, you get seventeen takes, and you know, we get one." Yeah. And James Woods is like. He stole my line. He stole, he stole me. He stole my life. <laughs> yeah. And we basically, like, the movie kind of ends on a joke. It ends on Delroy Lindo telling him to shut up and he's got a hat of the movie. So clearly, clearly this, this this chief of police is, like, all in on Nick Lang. And then, you know, James Woods goes, he's really not that tall in real life. And that's how the movie ends. Yeah. And, but we get the fake credits. It's cool because it's, like, it's fake credits. It's credits for the movie within the movie. And it's also the real credits. Yeah. More LL Cool J. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. And that's how the hard way ends. I loved it. Cool. I thought it was really fun. Cool. Yeah. No, I'm glad. I'm glad. Yeah. I was worried when you said you recognized it, but then you said, I only remember the billboard. I'm like, all right. All right. Yeah. I just remembered like the 20 foot tall Nick Lang head and fedora and cigarette. Yeah. Um, I know. I don't really have any bad things to say about it. You don't have any bad things to say? No. Hmm. I liked it a lot. That's... Did you think it had a gratuitous amount of LL Cool J? <laughs> no. Because he's in the movie. He's even wearing his They're hat. Not, it's mean, like... I don't feel like we had enough LL Cool J. Mm. I mean, he's barely in it. Should we get a spinoff, which is the Cool J character? And every time he goes to a club, they're playing his music. <laughs>
He's like, I'm only going to do this movie if you play all my songs. <laughs> How many Ella Cool J songs can you name? I, I None. None? Really? Not no. even Round the Way Girl? No? Uh, no. Okay. I, I'm not a big, I don't know. Like R&B is not really. Yeah. Okay. But my favorite, you know my favorite LL Cool J movie. Deep Blue Sea. Yeah, oh, I love yeah. it. Yeah. I think it's so great. I love that he did this movie. This was his film debut. And then he plays Robin Williams' brother in Toys. Yeah. And then Deep so Blue Sea. And he's in Halloween H2O. What a weird body of work. It's pretty wacky. Yeah. Because this was at a time when a lot of rappers were becoming actors, like Ice Cube, Ice T. And they were doing a lot Will of Smith. like- Will Smith. And for the most part, they were starting off with like violent urban dramas. And then you got- you got LL Cool J. It's like, I mean, what a weird, you know, now he's doing these these cop shows. I think he's at, what, NCIS? One of those? With yeah, I don't know. Chris, I don't know. Yeah. But yeah, he's, he's a fixture on TV. I, you know, I, I love that it's a really wacky body of work. Mm-hmm. What if they called this movie The Good, The Badge, and The Hard Way? No. No? No, I hate that so much. And I think, <laughs> I think it's at the end of the movie as a sign of contempt because it's like, yeah, this would happen. By the way, like, it's it's funny because this movie came out, it was like a year after two of the worst buddy cop movies ever. There was one called Loose Cannons. It's with Gene Hackman and Dan Aykroyd. It, the role that Dan Aykroyd plays was meant for Robin Williams. The idea is like he's got a partner who's got multiple personality syndrome. That's what they used to call it. So every couple of scenes, he like becomes somebody else. It's wacky. And it, there is a, it has a plot about finding a Hitler snuff film. It's so terrible. The same year, they had another buddy cop movie. Again, like this is like the bottom of the bottom. They did a movie called Collision Course with Pat Morita and Jay Leno. What? Yeah, it's pretty insane. And they've tr- and you know they've tried this too. Like they've tried these high concept gimmicky buddy cop movies. They did one where it was called The Man. It's Samuel L. Jackson and Eugene Levy. It's like it's a funny idea, but you know, no. sometimes ninety minutes of these things, like it just you know, the poster, you know, if it's if the poster is the only thing that makes you laugh, then you're in trouble. Yeah. But yeah, I, I think the team of Michael J. Fox and James Woods, it's got a lot of electricity. They're great. And the film does too. Yeah. Do you think they should have done a sequel? Not necessarily. And it was it, it came at an interesting time in Fox's life. Um, I've read Michael J. Fox's book. Uh, I, th- I think it was Lucky Man, where he wrote about this film. He said that uh, when it opened. It was such a bomb, and the critics really didn't like it. And he really thought, like, this is it. It's over because... Oh, he thought his whole career was over? He was. He thought he was in a lot of trouble, rightfully so, because the dramas had bombed. Back to the Future was over. Family Ties mm. was over. And this movie tanked. And then he followed it up with this movie, Doc Hollywood, um, which Marty loves. And it's interesting because there's a similar dynamic there. In Doc Hollywood, he's a rich Beverly Hills doctor. His car crashes into this little podunk town, and, and it becomes this really charming little love story. It's a really good movie. But... But it's also a movie about like a you know a Hollywood type who has to embrace a different way of life, or, you know. But it was on the one hand, Doc Hollywood was was a, it was seen as a comeback film, and rightfully so. It's a good movie, and it was a big hit. It was on that film that he realized that his body was not acting the um, way. Yeah, he noticed his hand shaking for the first time. Yeah. Yeah. So it's kind of a bittersweet story. Yeah. But uh, yeah, no, I you know, but yeah, if you love Michael J. Fox, if you love Marty McFly, give this movie a look. It's foul-mouthed and crude at times and it is very violent but uh if you love buddy cop movies it's it's tough i mean i don't think it's any more violent or crude than any other like no, it's, not, it's not more violent than like yeah. tango and cash no. or yeah no i mean this is pretty tame you think yeah i think so 
I don't think it's like... What's more violent, the hard way or smoking gun too? <laughs> uh, probably the hard way. <laughs> I don't know. Even I... though we only saw like two seconds of... That smoking gun too looks pretty intense, I must say. <laughs> Okay, do you give this movie four stars? Uh, three and a half, I think. Oh, okay. And I, I'm not sure exactly why anymore. I've always given it three and a half. That was why? Always... What's wrong with it? What's why wrong are you with holding back? Why a am half I holding star? back? Um, it's a little. It's a little like. It's it's a little relentless. I'll say it that way. Like it's a little exhausting. I think. That mm. it's one. Well, you're you're reaching for that half. No, star. no, 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 no. Because there's, I mean, there's the scene where you know it's the scene in the parking garage where there's an explosion. I don't like the film has so many action sequences. It ends up winding. It has like three or four climaxes, and the film ends it, as funny as the final scene. It is. It, it's a little abrupt the way the film ends. Mm. So I don't know. I don't know if it needed one more scene. If we needed one more scene with Petty Marshall's character, I mean. You know, wouldn't we? Wouldn't the film benefit from learning that you know the ambulance comes and we see that the party crasher is still alive? No, no, party crasher is a goner. Hmm. Yeah, is this your favorite Stephen Lang performance? <laughs> it is, isn't it? No, because the character is so weird, that and he barely has any dialogue. I mean, he's just kind of running around and like laughing maniacally. So I, I would not say that. What do you think he does for a living? I think he's a video game programmer. What do you think? I think he's a hacker. Hmm. Yeah. He probably is like sending. He was like the first one to like get like spam, send spam emails to and like, you know, from another pretending to be like. A prince who a, wants to give you. Exactly. Six figures. Exactly. Yeah. Or he'd just like call elderly people and like scam them out of their cash. Like, oh, yeah, your, I don't know, thing is expired and you need to pay me for something. And then all the old people are like, oh, okay, here's my credit card. Hello, hello. <laughs> it's me. <laughs> oh, I want your welfare check. Yes, yeah, exactly. You send me $50, I send you back a 1000 And they're like, oh, that makes sense. That's he, quite like, the he, accent you have there. Yeah, he like invented all those scams. Mm. Yeah. He really think, was ahead of his time. I think that that's probably what his quote job was. Well, considering the size of his apartment, it's like, is he a yuppie? Like, what is his cover? I mean, you know, because he's not robbing people. He's just killing people. Yeah, but he has to fund his terrorism. Right. But the thing is, like, you know, Patrick Bateman, you know, has a great job, we think. We don't really know what he does. But, you know, he works at a prolific company. He has great company. business cards. Yes, he does. Mm -hmm. I think that that's an indication that, you know, he probably... Maybe he works at Blockbuster because he's always <laughs> returning his videotapes. <laughs> Patrick Bateman? You yeah. think he's at, like, the, the, the Blockbuster headquarters? <laughs> I don't know. But I do think uh, the party crasher is just a... A scammer, like before, like internet scams mm. and email scams, like took hold. Interesting. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he's like the father of scams. The father of scams. Mm -hmm. Nice. Do yeah. you think we need a party crasher movie starring Stephen Lang? No. Really? I, no. I I'd like to. I mean, I would see. I would see another Stephen Lang film. All right. Well, do you have any final thoughts besides no. the fact that you're surprised by my confession? <laughs> yeah, I'm. I'm flummoxed. Completely surprised that the hard way made you ooh 
<laughs> not Michael J. Fox. Not definitely not James Woods. Which I know. I Michael J. Fox is adorable. Yes, like, he is. I I do love him. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. But no, the serial killer <laughs> with the Dick Van Dyke, Mary Poppins accent. I know it's so weird. That's the one. I know. Oh man. Yep. Yeah. No, I, I got nothing. I feel like I I got some I got some stuff I need to talk to the therapist about now. But oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, All yeah. right. Yeah, probably me too. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, clearly. <laughs> so I saw this movie. Do you want to watch it? I brought it. Do you have a DVD player? You can just rent it on Amazon for like three dollars. <laughs> Let's put it on here. It's fine. Like you can charge me. We'll watch it together. <laughs> There's only a couple scenes, but they're really good. <laughs> Let's fast forward past the Michael J. Fox stuff. Oh, there he is! There he is! <laughs> Isn't it cute? He's exfoliating, but he's also typing. Oh, all right. Am I crazy? He's attractive, right? <laughs> Did you see Don't Breathe? He's in that too. Okay. On that note, I think that crash, crash, crash. <laughs> bang, bang. Nick Lang, I'm done. Yeah. All right. Thanks, babe. I think that concludes our discussion of The, the Hard, Hard Way. Way. Good night, everyone.